0: Welcome to Whipple's Press Box Podcast, where we discuss the latest topics in the professional world of sports. Enjoy our exclusive interviews with athletes, coaches, insiders, and fans. And now, here's your host, Gary Whipple. The Green Bay Packers will play just their sixth game of the season Sunday against the Denver Broncos. It may be their most important one. That's because the Packers have a 2-3 record. A loss would certainly be a hit to their playoff aspirations. Welcome. I'm Gary Wolfel, and thanks for joining Rob Reichel and our special guest, Christopher
1: Tom Thomason.
0: God, that was tough getting your name out. You know that?
1: Sounds How many times like- did I talk to you? Yeah, it sounds like you've rehearsed your intro a few times. sounded very rehearsed.
0: Well, you're on at least once a year. So. Okay, <laughs> but uh, welcome, gentlemen. I-, I feel privileged to be amongst football royalty. I- I, you might want a different panel than Gary. <laughs> at least in
2: my in in my instances, you guys Dr. have
1: Th- racked
0: up impressive resumes. Doctor you know?
2: Doctor Thomason here, maybe he he counts as impressive royalty. I don't
1: know. I I'd like to just say that. This podcast is a top-notch podcast. I've (laughs) I've watched it on occasion. It's an honor to be on.
0: So, Chris, have you racked up any uh, writing awards in the last week or so
1: or not? I got an honorable mention in the college football writing contest this past week for an Ed Marinero feature. Wow. Congratulations. You're a kind man. So what's
0: your best story you ever did?
1: Oh, I don't know. I don't know. That racked up a Rob maybe uh Fred interviewing Fred Cox on his deathbed. What? Yeah. You talked to him in the hospital? No, he's in hospice care for oh. days before he died. Wow. The, video, the video's on YouTube if you want to call it out.
0: Rob, did you know that? <laughs> I did not. He, uh... he,
1: he invented the Nerf football in addition to being a top-notch place kicker.
0: Nice. Wow. You know, I learned something from you every time I talk to you. (laughs) And I'm not so sure it's all good. (laughs) But, anyways. All right, let's let's get down to business now. Enough frivolity. Any thoughts on this big upcoming game? In my intro, I said it could be perhaps their most important game of the season. That might be a stretch, but to me it's definitely an important game for them. Gary, you know my feelings on this and you're
2: not wrong. It's a game they should probably go and win as much as Denver is struggling. But this year in Green Bay, Gary, is not about winning playoff games, making deep playoff runs. This year for Green Bay, Gary, at the end of the day, is about finding out what guys on this roster they want around in a year or two when they think they're going to be pretty good. They've gone completely young. You know that. They've got They've got $60 million of dead cap money they're just waiting to get rid of so they can go play in the free agency world again. They're trying to find out if Love is their quarterback. They're trying to find out what guys to give second contracts to. They're trying to find out things like if Christian Watson can be a number one wide receiver, if they want Aaron Jones around for the future, who on this offensive line can play and not play Again, in Green Bay right now, Gary, it's about the macro. It's not about the micro, and I know that's hard for fans to to stomach and maybe chew on, especially around these parts because they've had 30 straight years of pretty good football. But really, that's all 2023 is in Green Bay, Gary. So I, honestly, I, I I'll disagree with you. I hesitate to call any of their games right now big. I mean, I, I get where you're going with things. If, if you know if they go out to Denver and lose and sit at two and four. It, it it doesn't look pretty, but I'll be honest, it, inside that building, Gary, at, at least in the front office, they're not quite as concerned about the micro as they are, as they are the macro. Matt LaFleur is concerned about the micro. I get it. Brian Gutekunst and the rest of that front office is not. And, and they're just trying to get answers for the long-term,
0: more so than the short-term. Okay, Chris Thomason, is this a big game for the Broncos?
1: Well, first of all, I understand where Gary's coming from, but then, of course, He'll probably call next week's game two the biggest of the season, also. But uh, that'll be
0: huge, Chris. I mean, yes.
1: Over in the Broncos camp, it almost sounded like Rob was talking about the Broncos minus the quarterback situation. They're starting to go young, of course. Last couple of weeks have seen them trade randy gregory just to get rid of him and get something for him 30 year old outside linebacker and then what did they get for him? like a late round pick just a pick swap and they paid a million of his 10 they had to pay 10 million and they saved a million so okay really i mean it was they saved a million and got swapped uh seventh for a sixth versus releasing him and they couldn't find any trade partners for Frank Clark. So he was outright released. So yeah, they're going to start a youth movement and we're going to see how many players they trade by the trade deadline here. And their quarterback situation is different. I mean, Rob talked about Jordan love. They're waiting to see if he can be the guy moving forward. And Russell Wilson, they're uh, looking at, can he still be the guy he once was? So we got the difference in future versus past here. Uh, Russell Wilson actually played pretty well in the first five games. He was fourth in the NFL in passer rating at 106.1. But uh, he was atrocious this past Thursday against Kansas City. I mean, with the Broncos this year, if it's not one thing, it's the other. They have by far the worst defense in the league. Is this
0: defense as bad as the Lions' defense was early last season? Remember how they were historically bad?
1: I don't recall the Lions giving up 70 points if you can uh, <laughs> you got a point there if you can bring that up. So uh yeah, this defense is horrendous and then they actually played well Thursday and then the offense and Russell Wilson can't do anything. So uh the Broncos are playing for the future though more than the Packers.
0: You brought up Russell Wilson's name. Um is he the long-term answer? I
1: mean, he's what is he about 35, 36? Turns 35 in November. I've been saying prior to Thursday that I think he'll still be the guy for at least one more year. They draft a quarterback and then they, he, he matures. And then he's the starter and they dump Wilson. And then you got a new quarterback in 25, but after Wilson's horrendous performance on Thursday, I don't know. I mean, we'll have to see what they do. Draft wise quarterback, it would be a a hefty amount of dead money. I mean, Sean Payton, is the guy in charge now, and he didn't bring in Russell Wilson. So if he wants to dump Wilson, yeah, imagine it will happen.
0: Yeah. Well, I, I don't know if you know this, Chris, but Rob is Mr. Mr. Badger. <laughs> he has followed Russell Wilson's career closely.
1: Only but one year for Wisconsin. I mean, I think he bleeds Wolf Pack Red more than Badger Red, If to be honest. I don't know.
2: What do you think? rob do you agree I'll, I'll just say it's tough to be a badger today as we as as we sit here and do this <laughs> podcast boys no i mean russell's shining moments obviously in college came came as a badger but chris is right it was a, it was a one year deal and and they did lose four games that particular season now i think they would have been in the the hunt for a national championship that year if jj watt hadn't left school early because a couple of those games they lost that that year were hail mary plays right at the end and and Watt probably gets home against the quarterback because the guy had six seven yard you know, six seven seconds to throw the ball on on those plays. One was Michigan State, one was Ohio State. But uh, Russell's the best quarterback Wisconsin's had in in, in fifty years. It, it 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 isn't close. It's just too bad it was for that you know twelve game stretch uh, you know more than a decade ago, and they haven't had one close to him since. They didn't have one like him for a long time prior to his arrival, and he's obviously had an outstanding career. But like Chris has touched on here, it's probably nearing the end.
1: Well, let's just say this about college-wise, and I'll reserve judgment until I see it, but when David Thompson, the legendary North Carolina State basketball player, went to a Nuggets finals game and Russell Wilson was there, they did like this, and I'll put my hand up, some kind of secret uh, wolf pack thing. (laughs) And so if Russell Wilson has done a secret Badger thing with, say, J.J. Watt, then uh yeah, you know, you know, I'll uh, I'll resend what I said, but uh, let me know if if he does any secret badger things with any. Yeah,
2: Chris, team. I think if you go to the YouTube, you see him doing that that W quite yeah. often. Yeah, he's with a badger after okay, a Okay, fair enough. Game. I, fair I, enough. I, I think he likes to play both side of the both sides of the coin.
1: Fair enough. I mean, this Wilson thing, and it, it's it's we'll have to see where they draft and all that kind of stuff. I mean, they can make them a post June 1st thing. I mean, they, they could wait until even after the draft to, to, to dump them. I mean, you know, it's not going to change his, his guaranteed money situation, but uh, I'm sure they're going to be taking a quarterback in the first round, especially if they have a super high pick.
0: Chris, uh, you obviously didn't cover the Broncos last year, but the uh, Denver Gazette acquired you in a trade from St. Paul. Do you get the feeling that Russell Wilson is more comfortable this year than a year ago, or do you think there's you know, still some reservations on his part? The reason I asked is I saw a game. I can't remember remember when it was, but he made a bad decision. He came off the field, and uh, Peyton got on him, and I was shocked. I mean, you don't see, quote, superstar quarterbacks – Getting, you know, trashed on the sideline by their head coach very often. But uh that, that stood out to me.
1: Well, you didn't follow that story up, so I because... didn't.
0: That's why I'm asking.
1: Right. <laughs> he sat on a conference call and it was written about that uh he thought that was over exaggerated. that was exaggerated. Anybody that thought he was getting on him. He said he was telling them that, you know, to watch the linebacker who was running free. Wait I mean, a second. Was... And you guys bought that? Well,
0: I mean, come on. He he, he was animated. It was not like, hey, uh, Russell, you missed that throw. Uh, Looks Well,
1: let's... The, the game was lost. I mean, any <clears throat> any play that loses a coach a game and you could say the season was lost because they're one in three and uh they dropped to one and four. Now they're one in five. So, the season was lost on that play. So, you're you're going to be uh animated uh Regardless, but uh, – I, I mean,
0: I, I could never see Matt LaFleur, for instance, riding Aaron Rodgers if he made a mistake like that under well, any I don't, circumstance.
1: I don't, I don't recall Aaron Rodgers uh, – Ever making a mistake? Dro- dropping to one and four and the season being over this early. Yeah. Hey, does uh, Russell Wilson still have
0: like his own special – what was it? He has his own special locker or room or whatever last year, right?
1: No, 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 no. It's been it's been well chronicled that that's. You tough. think I
0: followed the Broncos on a daily well, basis? I would
1: think you would be honing up for this particular <laughs> podcast. Hey, when I when I got you here, there's no need to do that, you know. And yeah, no, no. That was the first thing Sean Payton said when he was hired in February. That you know, there's gonna be no more office. No I remember more, that. No more uh, special. He had his own like staff and own quarterback coach Mm. and you know they pretty much eliminated that right away and that's one of the things if you recall the usa today article where sean payton ripped on nathaniel hackett you might have heard about that uh that i I uh, think
0: anybody that followed football heard about that
1: right, right he was talking about all the special privileges that hackett gave russell wilson and you know he those have been taken away. But we'll have to see what happens with Wilson's season. I mean, like I said, he played generally well in the first five games. He was atrocious in the last one, and now the season's over. So we'll have to see how it plays out.
0: You know, uh Russell Wilson isn't the only guy that fans from Wisconsin are, are interested in the Broncos. Uh Quinn Miner's He's the starting right guard, correct? Not the left. He's the starting right guard.
1: Right side. See, see, you've done your research. I did.
0: I did. Work. (laughs) You know why? He and I are both UW Whitewater grads. So I I follow him closer than.
1: Do you flash the UW Whitewater sign to him? (laughs) And if so, could we see what it is?
0: (laughs) Kind of like Lance Renssel did back in the 70s or something.
1: (laughs) Remember Lance Renssel? I remember certain, like, opening his raincoat episode.
0: Yeah, he, he had the greatest quote ever. He was busted for indecent exposure. Mm-hmm. Did you he hear about this? And he was asked at the next practice that he was available uh, about his thoughts about being in Dallas. And he said, personally, I'd rather stick it out here in Dallas. <laughs> <laughs> what can I say? So tell me about minors.
1: He's actually been pretty solid. Uh for for them so far this year i mean the offense line has been up and down and that was a big story during the off season they spent tons of money to sign mike mcglinchey the right tackle and ben powers the left guard and uh i mean the all the line's been a little better but uh it's yeah you know there's still some porous moments and uh They've actually been better run blocking, it seems, maybe in pass blocking, since Wilson still has been dumped a number of times sack-wise. But um, the main problem, with the exception of this past Thursday, has been the uh, atrocious defense for, for uh, Denver.
0: So is Miners uh, still kind of a witty guy, fun-loving guy?
1: He His first press conference in training camp, he said, no more talk about the belly because yeah. he has – this huge protruding belly and he kind of laughed about it last year and people wrote about the belly. And uh, I think he uh, is finally tired of that. Yeah, but he he kind of
0: promoted that, right? I mean, that was like, I I thought something that he really enjoyed talking about and liked to joke around. You you think somebody up above said, Hey, knock it off.
1: Uh, I don't know. I mean, he, it probably got old and he was ready to move on.
0: Okay, so the Broncos have already done some house cleaning and the trading deadline is coming up. The 30th, is that right? 31st. 31st. Do you envision the the Broncos making some more deals? Yes. Anybody in particular? Yeah, well, let me ask you this. Anybody that the Packers might be interested in?
1: Well, if somebody sits out the game with a strange, mysterious ailment, then uh, maybe that's the case since Frank Clark has now been rumored to be returning to Kansas city. And then all of a sudden he was out for last Thursday's game with an illness. And then it was surfaced that he renegotiated his guarantee to his contract on Wednesday, the day before the game. So they knew that they were going to release him. So Mm -hmm. they said illness, And probably if he was going to Kansas City, the Chiefs said, well, okay, maybe, maybe, but don't let them play against us. So if there's any mysterious late scratches before the Green Bay game, (laughs) maybe they're heading for the Packers. And the guys on the trading deadline potentially, I mean, Justin Simmons, who's been a loyal soldier since 2016, He'd be
0: exactly. a
1: guy I'd be interested in. I mean, it might be a case of they want to do him right. It's a big re- rebuilding job. He might want to go somewhere and win. Uh, and then you got the receivers, Courtland Sutton, Jerry Judy. And then you got Samaji P. Ryan, who came to uh, Denver thinking he was going to be the second string back because he thought he'd get more carries than he got in Cincinnati behind Joe Mixon. Well, so much for that. Julian McLaughlin has emerged as a top-notch rookie, and he's become the third-string back. So maybe they'll move him somewhere other.
0: Rob, any of those guys uh, do you think would appeal to the Packers?
2: No, they're not in a in a year Gary where they're acquiring. You know they they've got about seven million under the cap. I think they're going to take care of their a couple of their own guys here before the year ends. They're going to need need that cap space to do it you know you you flash back to their off season where they were desperate for help at safety and 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 they did absolutely nothing to shore up the position you know they let Adrian Amos walk and you know kind of went with some some riffraff back there next to Savage right now they could have used a a veteran wide receiver instead they decided to go totally young and and play all these young guys they could have used a veteran tight end that this isn't like the Packers of the last thirty years, Gary, where it's a, it's kind of a win now mentality. It, it feels more like 93, 92 range, let's call it when when they were just starting to emerge and get good under Brett Favre, and then they started going for it, kind of more in the ninety four to ninety six range, and kind of from that point on, you know, after they did win the Super Bowl in, in ninety six, whether it was Wolf at the you know, at the controls, or or then Ted Thompson and now Brian Gutekunst. You know, for the most part, I would argue they have gone for it. in The last thirty years, they're they're not going for anything this year. That you know, Aaron Rodgers costs forty million against the cap. They've got sixty million of cap space, you know, or or dead cap money on the books. They're just they're happy to get rid of that, get their get their house financial house in order heading into to twenty twenty four, and and they can make some moves like like Chris is talking about you know, with with, with players at, at, a, at a trade deadline at this point, potentially next year, they'll be extremely active, I think, in free agency because they're going to have some cap money when Rodgers is gone and, and Bakhtiari is gone. Even Adrian Amos right now is costing $8 million against the cap. That's a dead cap hit. Lowry's over three, you know, Jaron Reed, Randall Cobb, Mercedes Lewis, Crosby. All these guys are still counting against the cap, Gary. You know, it's, it's gobbled up more than a quarter of the cap. I mean, Rodgers alone is 18%. Yeah. So, I, again... And and fans don't want to hear this, Gary, but honestly, up in that front office, they're not that concerned if they go seven and 10 or 10 and seven, because they're probably going to be in that range somewhere. All they want to do is get their financial house in order heading to next year, find out who can play, find out if Love is the guy, whether they have to go and draft a quarterback. I mean, and Chris knows this as well. I mean, it's, it's going to be a terrific quarterback draft you're going to see teams like you know denver probably try to tank to get the usc kid and and some other teams probably in that five to ten range that that drop games near the end of the season to get some of these other stud college quarterbacks that are going to be uh you know eligible to to get into the draft i don't think green bay is going to be in that mix gary but I, again i i also don't think when we hit halloween here in a couple of weeks that green bay is going to be real active going out to
0: acquire people Rob, obviously the Packers had a bye week. How good is that for them? Not only from a physical standpoint. I mean, they they got a lot of guys beat up, starting with Aaron Jones and obviously Bakhtiari's out. Jenkins has been banged up. Campbell's been out. Tim Stokes, or Tim so- Eric Stokes, you know, hasn't played it down this year. Have you heard anything new on Stokes? Do you think there's a possibility he could play against the Broncos? Well, they have a three-week window to activate
2: him, Gary, and they're into that they were into that second week in the bye mm-hmm. week, so this will be the third week of that. So I, I certainly think the possibility exists. Yes, I think it, I think he's really close. You know, the the biggest thing for them, Gary, though, comes down to Aaron Jones. You, you go because I mean, he hasn't been really healthy since that since week one in the opener against the Bears, and 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 that is what you know Green Bay's offense can look like. Now, now I get it. They did it against a pretty porous Chicago defense that day, but you know they won that day 38-20, and they only threw the ball twenty-seven times, and they ran a thirty-three. And and that, you know, th- they would like a 50-50 split, and probably to even run it a little bit more this season than they would throw it. And Jones has not been really available to them other than a handful of snaps in in week four. Since that point in time, he he, he obviously didn't play in in week five. They're not the same offense without him. We we know Dylan's nothing, n- not even close to the same player that that Jones is. What did Jones have that day? I think, Gary, two catches for 85 yards or something like that. And the touchdown, you know, ran the ball for, I don't know, four and a half, five yards a carry. And 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 they're averaging low threes this season when when he's not on the field. So I mean he he he's an 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 enormous difference maker. He's far and away their most explosive player on offense. And um in a lot of cities, running backs are pretty replaceable, and and you just bring the next guy in, and and a lot of times you don't miss a beat. That that really isn't the case with Green Bay's offense, and and. You know, Gary, you asked how important that bye week was. If any any team's going to tell you the bye comes at the right point in the schedule for them, right? Yeah. Whether it's week six or week eleven or week seven or week twelve, I mean, they're all gonna they're all gonna talk about how it's it's the right time. But but Green Bay did have a lot of guys beat up here pretty early. That and 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 this will be the closest they're going to be to full health again since they've been in week one now. It could come back and bite him in the tail come week ten or week twelve when when they're beat up again across the board, but at least at this point in time, Gary, they should get most of those guys back that you mentioned, uh Jones being the biggest one, I think by far you know you're you're gonna see a Green Bay team that looks a lot like the group that went to Chicago in week one uh when they go back to Denver here on Sunday,
0: hey, Chris, what's the longest field goal ever made in Denver? Any idea
1: well, I saw. Sebastian Janikowski make a sixty-three yarder on uh September two thousand eleven. I witnessed that. And uh Prater's sixty four yarder. I'm trying to figure out where that one was. Was that in Denver? Or is that yeah, September? I'm not sure. But it's yeah, it's at least six. Well, Jason Elam made a sixty-three yarder in nineteen ninety-eight for the Broncos. So that's at least two sixty-three yarders in Denver. Um, I'll have to double check where uh, Praters was. I can do that while we're uh, researching. And that, course, that
0: would be awesome. Of it's course, a, Justin Tucker such a great guy.
1: Justin Tucker's sixty-six <laughs> yarder, of course, was at Ford Ford Field, as we all remember. Okay, everybody talks
0: about you know mile high and and how the you know ball sails. How many yards do you think a, a kicker gets based on the altitude? How much does it help them?
1: I mean, it it could help four to five. I mean, you think that think, much, huh? Yeah, I think somebody potentially could kick a 70 yard field goal in Denver. I mean, it's happened during warm ups, and uh you've seen guys kick off and, and put it through the goal posts. Uh Yeah, if you kick off and you put it through the goalpost, what's that, 75-yard field goal, basically? So Yeah. uh,
0: The the reason I asked, and I'm sure you haven't seen this kid, but his name is Anders Carlson, okay? The Packers drafted him. Rob, does he have the strongest leg of any Packer
1: kicker that you can recall? Yeah, it's been well documented. He's from Colorado Springs. Oh, there you go. (laughs) Oh, yeah, I mean,
2: (laughs) I mean, Gary, there's no question he has the strongest leg in in probably Packer history. Obviously, the biggest question with him came down to accuracy and, yeah, and you know the the positives obviously for him and the Packers up till now is he hasn't missed an extra point or a field goal after after really struggling through the course of the summer. He was about as you know he was about seventy percent through the course of the summer. You know, between what he did on a on a day to day basis on the practice field and and then through his preseason games, but um, and no, I mean he's been lights out and. At, at this point in time, five, a you know, third of the way into the season, he hasn't missed a field goal or an extra point. I think he's, he's 17 and 17 between the two of them. So I guess I know where you're probably going with that. Can exactly. He, you know, can, can he, can he hit a 70 yarder, or a 65 yarder, come, come Sunday? I mean, I mean, certainly if he's given the opportunity, but, but again, remember back to week two, right. He, he had a chance for about a 58 yarder in Atlanta and Matt Lafleur chose not to even kick. And, yeah. um, you know, didn't didn't give him the opportunity there, which was which was really a strange choice. I thought in that game, and a lot of people did as well. And Matt admitted later on he probably should have went and done that with 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 Carlson. So you know, we'll, we'll I guess we'll see how the game plays itself out. But if if anybody in Packer history ever has a chance to do something like that in in Denver, it's this kid. He's he's got that kind of leg.
1: Yeah, and I just looked it up. Yeah, yeah, Prater's sixty uh, four yarder indeed was in Denver against Tennessee Titans, December eighth. 2013 end of the first half so uh, you know the the longest wasn't in denver but the previous longest 64 in denver and then two of the 63s there's been several 63s now at least two have been so
0: 64 is the longest
1: well before justin tucker
0: yeah the longest in denver gary yeah longest in denver right that's what i'm saying is that correct longest
1: in Denver, right. It was the NFL okay. record until Tucker. Yeah. No, I, I would love to see. Yarder a couple of years ago. I, I would
0: love to see Carlson at least have the opportunity because I, I think he'd, he'd have a chance. That guy's got well,
1: the, well, lots of the Broncos has an exceedingly strong leg. He's kicked 60 yarders in his career, and he had that double doink 62 yarder, which he barely missed against the vikings in london last year which i'm sure you remember and he's the broncos kicker so he's certainly capable of uh breaking the nfl record as well in denver
0: you know what i thought mason crosby was going to end up there at one point
1: uh they were looking for a kicker they can grow with they didn't want just a a one and done you know type guy because you bring in mason crosby and then you're looking for another guy next year so they uh, went through a couple different guys uh, Brett Marr looked like maybe he was going to be the guy, but then when Will Lutz lost the job in New Orleans, Peyton coached him. They jumped on on him.
0: Robert, are you surprised he hasn't been picked up? No, Gary, I man.
2: Because if you look around the league, the overwhelming majority of guys are are having really strong years. Now, yeah. again, we're only on October fifteenth, and the weather hasn't turned in in a lot of these cities, and and we are still early in terms of injuries not being a a big factor. But I mean with green Bay having a buy. I mean, I, I watched a lot of games today and boy, the, the level of accuracy and the distance that these guys can, can kick with these days is just, I mean, it, it, it borders on remarkable. I mean, it, it really is. I mean, if, if, if you're not at 90% or high eighties anymore, a lot of teams are looking to replace you. I mean, you know, the days of a guy making 80%, if, if, if a guy comes in and makes 80%, he's, he's probably not going to stick around real long to, uh, again, the, the leg strength, the accuracy, and the distances these guys can kick at these days is is absolutely fascinating. The growth of that position has been incredible. So, no, uh, like, like Chris mentioned, I mean, Crosby, what, he came in in 07. So, that's 16 seasons ago. He was 22, 23 at the time. He's 38, 39, I guess, then at this point in time. I didn't look up his age, but he's got, you know, he's late 30s. He's going to be a stopgap wherever he goes. His leg strength had certainly declined last year. He didn't have what he once did on kickoffs. His accuracy was still pretty good on field goals. I think he was 25-29 last year. But you know his his leg strength isn't what it was, and if, if they were bringing Mason Crosby to Denver this week, Gary, it'd, it'd probably be a max of let's say low fifties, and with a guy like Carlson, the max is probably going to be in the mid sixties. You know, you're talking a ten year yeah. a ten yard gap. Like Chris touched on with Denver, I, I'm sure right now most teams do not have a, a real interest of going with a with an older kicker that you know doesn't have the leg stri- leg strength that he did a decade ago.
1: Yeah, the. D's yeah, Robbie, of jer- Robbie Gold is another guy who hasn't uh, yeah. been able to find work too, even though he's super accurate. But uh, like you said, all excellent points by Rob. I mean, there's so many guys. Wow, listen can, to this that, guy. There's so many guys who can boom. <laughs> I mean, if you can't routinely kick a 55 yarder, then you know you probably shouldn't be on an NFL team at this particular juncture.
0: So the days of uh, Jerry Kramer's, what what did he make? Rob, you might know this. Wasn't it like 40% of his kicks or whatever back in the 60s?
2: Yeah, um, I think it might have been about 50, but right. I mean, that that that's what it was, you know, 50 years ago. I mean, how hey, time?
1: i go back to Dave Purifoy kicking uh, for the Packers. <laughs> he, w- he was one of my all-time favorite kickers.
0: I'm impressed. <laughs> Dave Purifoy. You know what position
1: he actually played? Yeah, was a defensive lineman. Defense tackle, yeah. yeah. Yeah, and darn fine one and a quality citizen. <laughs> but
0: anyways, you know what? Yeah, you are talking about how nobody's missing this year, Rob. You're you're absolutely right. Uh, before the game started today, I was, I was just looking at Carlson and how he stacked up, you know, against the other kickers in the league. There were 10 guys today uh, or going into today's game that had not missed a field goal. I mean, it's just it, – it's amazing.
1: Well, Jake Mooney is uh, no longer on that list. Although I thought when he lined up, I said, hey, he might miss this because I saw him kick for the 49ers in preseason. I believe he missed two kicks against uh, Denver. He did not have a good preseason. He started out great. but uh, You're right.
0: He, he, he came under a lot of criticism. But he Carlson. Yeah, Carlson
1: yeah, he did definitely it. choked on that 41-yarder today. Yeah. yeah, You know what? And he was, a, what, a third-round pick? Yeah, yeah. There's always a lot of pressure when you uh, draft a kicker. And we, of course, remember Carlson's brother, Daniel Carlson. Sure. Fifth-round pick 2018 by the Vikings. Misses three field goals week two in the infamous tie game against Green Bay. And they waved him, and the Raiders picked him up, and now he's one of the best in the league.
0: Yeah, even the uh, kid that the Patriots drafted, uh, the kid from Maryland – Chad, uh, what's his last name? can't think of it. Island. Island. He's had a tough time. I I mean, he hasn't, uh, you know, been automatic by any stretch. And the guy that's turned out to be the best of the rookie kickers so far is Carlson. Of course, (laughs) we're only going to be six games into the season. It's it's a long ways to go. But I'll tell you what. If that kid, Moody, makes that field goal today, I really thought the 49ers, I know the odds are totally against them. But I looked at their schedule, they probably had like maybe two or three tough games the rest of the way. And I'm thinking like, if they beat the Browns today, they got a chance.
1: Well, they just lost Debo Samuel and Christian McCaffrey due to injury. So it's going right. to be, tough. it's going to be tough sledding for them. next. But how week. long are they out? Uh that hasn't been announced. Yeah, That's what I'm saying. They could they, be back. They go to week. Minnesota on Monday and, uh, I mean, Minnesota at home, they're going to they're win a home game at some point.
0: Nah, I'm not so sure about that. <laughs> uh, anyways, okay, uh, speak, speaking of the Vikings, I, I wanted to ask uh, both you guys, uh, the NFC North hasn't exactly been a juggernaut. I mean, outside of the Lions, you know, the Packers have been okay. Vikings have been terribly disappointing. Uh, the Bears have been just awful. Chris, are you surprised by the Vikings that they got one win at this point?
1: Oh, they have two. They Two, discovered. what,
0: today? Yeah, you're right. Today's win's two.
1: Yeah, because they've uh, lost their 0-3 at home. And, you know, Tampa Bay, they gave that game away. Chargers, they should have won that game. I mean, I pegged them to be kind of like a 9-8 and type team. And they still could get there. They they still have talent. I mean, now they've got without Justin Jefferson the next uh, three weeks and, you know, four weeks total at least. So, um, yeah, I mean, they've got offensive firepower. The defense is slightly- – Yeah, you, know, you
0: know what, though? Without without Jefferson and having traded Cook, I don't know how much firepower they really have anymore. see yeah, yeah, a great it's, tight end.
1: Yeah, and, of course, Adam Thielen's gone as well. Yeah. Uh, they didn't exactly uh, have firepower against the Chicago Bears. But, no. But, uh, you know, I think they still have some good players, though, on offense. And, uh, I mean, the offense is better than the defense. I mean, uh, the defense is better than last year, but last year <laughs> they were number 31 in the uh, league in total defense uh, ahead of only your beloved Lions, who you spoke of earlier.
0: <laughs> exactly. Okay, you, maybe you guys can help me out on this. I, I, I'm still baffled to this day why the Lions traded Hawkinson, okay? I mean, today, he, I think he caught two or three straight passes. I mean, he's a beast. And I know the Lions now, you know, got a very fine young tight end, you know, through the draft, Laporta. But why would they get rid of Hawkinson to begin with? I I, I couldn't understand that.
1: Well, they're one. Because Gary, no, at the time, they were one and six. They're one and six at that point. Yeah. And they couldn't have foreseen that crazy late season run that they made, which almost got him into the playoffs. And they didn't think they could uh, re sign him. I mean, they'd already picked up his uh, option year. Uh, so they had him under contract at $9 million or so for the next year. But they didn't think that they could re sign him and they had a chance to get. Assets for him, and they did. I mean, obviously, if they'd seen the future and seen their strong finish, uh, you well, know, even I, at that, Chris, why would you give up a,
0: a real promising tight end? I mean, that dude is good. I mean, it's like one of the few really good pieces you have.
1: Yeah, yeah, he's good. I think he he flourished even more though in Minnesota. I mean, yeah, he, he had made one Pro Bowl. He had had some injuries, but he wasn't putting up you know, close to a thousand yard type seasons or anything like that until he got to, to Minnesota. I mean, he's gone to the next level. So if they could see the future and see that they would have finished the year strong and Hawkinson might've resigned and that he was going to be as good as he was, they wouldn't have done it. But Hey, I'd say the lions are doing pretty well now regardless.
0: Yeah. I mean, Laporte is going to be a good tight end as well, but you know, I don't know. Any thoughts on that, Rob? (laughs)
2: <laughs> well, I, I, Chris covered it. I mean, the bottom line is, is they were one and six. And and Chris, you know this from covering Minnesota last year once Hawkinson arrived there, whether he gave you any indication or not if he was going to ever resign with Detroit or if that's why they got him out of town. I mean, he, he signed the four-year $68 million deal with Minnesota this offseason. I mean, the, kid, yeah. the kid's making a million dollars a game. I, I, I doubt he and Detroit were going to get to that point and, and Chris again you probably know this better than me from from being around him. but I, I if, if Detroit was in the middle of 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 again maybe not a full-fledged rebuild but at the time they traded him at one and six they certainly didn't didn't anticipate closing the season the way they did to getting what they finished last year nine and eight so they would have won eight in the last 10 and now they're five and one out of the shoot here so they're 13 and three in their last 16 games I can't imagine anybody in Detroit anticipated that was coming. And, and that's why, that's why they traded it a um, traded them away, Gary, and got assets for, for future, yeah. for future seasons. And, you know, it, you know, it, it's amazing and won as many games as they did last year after they moved Hawkinson. And again, they, they used, you know, draft capital then this year to find the next uh, in their mind, I guess, the next Hawkinson. And they did. So I think with Laporta, that kid's going to be a really good football player for him for a, for a long, long time. And you add it all up and, and you can see why Detroit would have done it.
0: Yeah. No, I, all, all your points are valid. I, I guess if, if I'm a GM though, If Hawkinson would have been, you know, 28, 30 or whatever, I would have said, fine, you know, move on. But the guy's what, 23, 24, whatever it is. And uh, to to me, he he should have been a building block. But man, what a a great pickup for the Vikings. Any thoughts, Chris?
1: Is that a question? Is that a question? question?
0: (laughs) (laughs) Uh, So, okay, let's let's talk briefly, uh, real quickly on the Bears. Chris, your thoughts?
1: Yeah, uh, the Bears, to their credit, they still have some players who are are, are battling. I mean, they rose up, beat Washington, and uh, they had some moments today. And if Fields doesn't get hurt, who knows? Maybe they beat the beat the Vikings. But um, yeah, th- that's a very interesting team because, as you well know, they have Carolina's pick, which is slated to be first in the draft. Now they have their own pick, which is going to be way up high. So. Do they take a quarterback? I, I think if they're picking one or two, got to take a quarterback and move on. You do? Fields. Yeah, yeah, I
0: think. You know uh, what? I, I agree with you, but I don't think they're going to have the guts to do it. I, I really don't.
1: I think they're sticking they with on, fields. Why, what are they? Are they afraid to uh, – all of Chicago uh, – if they have a chance to get Caleb Williams, everybody in Chicago be clamoring for him. I don't know if that would take much guts and uh did I you mean, see Fields Caleb Williams is, yesterday? <laughs> well, you know, well, well it's one game, obviously.
0: Yeah. Uh, no, I'm mean, I'm just being facetious. He's damn good.
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, I think they if they're in position to take a f- potential franchise quarterback, they they have to. I mean, and I think you could get something for Justin Fields. I mean, he's still You know, he's still on his rookie contract for his fourth year, but a team would have to, I guess, well, a team that was going to trade for him would have to make a commitment to pick up his fifth-year option, and that might make it a little bit more dicey to trade him.
0: Looks like a uh, future Seattle Seahawk to me.
1: You're not sold on Geno Smith, huh? No, I I
0: like Geno Smith, but I don't think he's the guy that's going to take you to the promised
1: land. Now, there's a guy I was surprised you got crazy money after doing it. For uh, one season, yeah. After mm-hmm. pulling a um, Case Keenum, yeah, yeah. You know, having one season after being no good and then getting crazy money. Mister Reichel,
0: your thoughts on the Bears?
2: Well, they could look a lot like Houston, right? When when the when when the draft board sets up and how Houston had the first and second pick, that wouldn't that wouldn't be a shock. And and I'm with Chris a thousand percent. It takes no guts whatsoever at this point to move on from Justin Fields. What, what what have the Bears lost? 15 of the last 16 games after today. I think Fields has some upside. I think Fields might have a 10-year career, but I don't I don't think Fields is a Pro Bowl player at any point in his career. I, I don't think he's a generational talent like Caleb Williams is going to be. So if, if that pick from Carolina winds up being number one, for example, or Chicago's own pick winds up being number one, or they can somehow package two picks in the top five and Move up to number one. I I have absolutely no doubt that that Caleb Williams is going to be in the division a year from now, Gary.
0: Well, I'll tell you, then the rebuild continues, right? I mean, it's I mean, how would you uh, like it might be- it
2: might not take long, Gary, if they land that kid. He could he, be Patrick Mahomes two point oh. He, he, he's he he's a, he's a generational talent. There's no question.
0: Yeah, yeah,
2: and I I don't care what he did yesterday against Notre Dame.
0: <laughs> yeah. Man, that that kid is talented. Okay, a couple quick things before we wrap it up. What has been the biggest surprise of the NFL season to date?
1: I say I'm going to piggyback on what Rob said, and I'm going to say the Houston Texans. I mean, everybody just thought that they uh, were playing to get the first pick in the draft, and uh, they they win again against New Orleans. I mean, they're a legit playoff contender, especially – in the uh not exactly super stellar AFC South, although you do have Jacksonville, which is starting to uh get going. So Stroud, Houston Texans, that's what I'm saying.
2: Right? Yeah, that, that that's a great question. I'm I'm gonna start by going with Chris's team there, Denver. I really thought Denver had a chance to be 10 and 7, 11 and 6 with the coaching change and some of the personnel and talent they have. And 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 maybe you felt differently, Chris. Maybe a lot of people over overvalued that roster and, and some of the players that, that were still around. But I thought the coaching change from Hackett to Peyton was going to be the the difference. And and I thought Denver would be back in the playoffs and now they're going to be in the hunt, you know, for, for the first pick. I think, I think how explosive Miami's offense has been, has been a surprise to me. I, I knew they would be good. I didn't know they would be historically good. I, I think after today, you know, there's there are 37 and a half points a game or somewhere in that range. It obviously helps to put up 70 like they did against, against Chris's Broncos there, but that, I mean, they 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 score at will, and 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 they don't ever settle for field goals. You know, if they get if they get close, their their red zone offense is is off the charts. I mean that that is a that that is an offense that's going to wind up rival rivaling you know those those Rams of of the early two thousands with with Warner and and Holt and Isaac Bruce and Marshall Falk and and that group the way they're the way they're trending now and that and then maybe a third one Gary is just I I wasn't all in I wasn't a believer in Detroit coming into the season. I knew they closed last year strong eight out of 10 and, and, and seemed to have a nice off season other than the trade of Swift, which I never really did understand. And then picking Gibbs in the first round, but um, you know, boy, they're, they're off to a hell of a start themselves. I think their point differential is like plus 55, which is almost 10 a game. It's nine and a third. So they're off to a ridiculous start in, in Detroit. They, they, they seem to me to be the real deal. I mean, it, it wouldn't be a shock guys. If, if, if if Detroit winds up the number 1 seed in the NFC the way things look right now.
0: Yeah. My biggest surprise is the New England Patriots. Now, granted I, I didn't expect them to go to the Super Bowl. I didn't expect them to go to the AFC Championship, but I expected them to be pretty decent, pretty competitive. And they are one in 5. I mean, did either of you guys ever envision the Patriots being one in 5? And Gary,
2: not just one in five, a minus eighty point differential. Oh, I, know.
0: I mean it's
1: it's um, they're, just,
2: they're getting blown out. Yeah. I mean yeah, those who,
1: back-to-back losses that they had were uh absolutely atrocious. And then you know it's killing Belichick, and he just lost to Josh McDaniels. You know, it's hard to lose to Josh McDaniels, and he managed to do that.
0: Okay, which which leads us to this question. If they continue to trend southward does belichick come back
1: well obviously i was asked this very question uh last week i mean they're gonna go to him and they're gonna do everything they can to make it sound like it's his decision his decision and, yeah, and, and that sort of stuff yeah and i think belichick is smart enough to know that he doesn't want to go out kicking and screaming and then have it uh written on his tombstone you know fired so um I wouldn't be surprised if he, you know, graciously steps aside. Oh, want to spend more time with the family or something of that nature. And do you think he quits coaching period? Yeah, I I think so. I mean, what does, you know, he's had a tough last few years, but what does he really have to prove when it all comes down to it? Six Super Bowl wins, many regard him greatest coach ever, and he would keep that. I mean, mean, what's the – the point of uh, going to another team. And
0: and you know what, Chris, some network will gobble him up in a second. They would love to have Belichick on there.
1: Oh yeah. They pay him 20 million a year or whatever to uh, be an an analyst, but uh, you're not, you know, unless somebody strangely quits, you're not going to get a top notch type job because those jobs usually aren't open. I mean, and and that sort of thing. Um, and, you know, I would say Andy Reid, but he's an offensive guy. And if he steps away, Kansas City, I don't think is going to hire a defensive type guy, you know, with Mahomes. So, yeah, I, I wouldn't think he would coach again.
0: OK, one last one here. It was floated around. Uh, it was reported, I guess, yesterday that the NFL is contemplating playing the Super Bowl in Europe specifically in london i guess to me that would just be an abysmal mistake on the part of the nfl that's my feelings
1: i'll let rob handle this and then i'll jump in if need be well you'll you'll need to jump in (laughs) (laughs) I I i don't disagree
2: with you gary and 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 but i also don't i also don't anticipate it happening um i agree I, I don't know why that's being floated. I, I don't, I don't think there's a lot of reality or validity to it. I, I, I don't anticipate it be ever, ever being the case. I, I, I get it right now. It's got some people a little freaked out and worried and spooked and all those kind of things. I just, I don't, I don't think that'll be the case, Gary, when it, when it, when it's all said and done, I, I don't think that game's going anywhere. They've, you know they've they've made some nice strides across you know across the pond and things like that and 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 some of these some of these games have been a lot of fun and 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 they continue to increase in popularity and you know overall you know we see more and more games year to year but but again I I don't think the biggest game in the history of the sport or in the sport is 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 going to go over to London. That's just yeah my- I
1: agree a hundred percent I think Roger Goodell said it at some fan forum and. In- London. He probably got a little carried away and was trying to cater to the locals. I'd be interested to see when he's back on U.S. soil at his next uh, press conference, whether that's at the Super Bowl before then. You know, I'm sure he'll uh, dodge quickly away from that particular question.
0: Well, gentlemen, great show. Thanks for uh, stopping by. Chris, best of of luck to you for the rest of the season because you're going to need to cover that team.
1: <laughs> all right. Thank you. Great podcast. Excellent job in moderating today, Mr. Wolfel.
0: Well, I feel much better now. I'll sleep well tonight hearing that. <laughs> <laughs> so anyways, Rob, thanks to you as well. And uh, thanks to our listeners. Take care and all the best. For more sports news, check back every Tuesday for our latest show. You can also follow Gary on Twitter at GaryWoofl and WooflesPressBox.com.